0: Hello, everybody. Matt Hardman here with another episode of the Race Nerd Podcast here on CKCC Radio. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Glad you are back. Um, Apparently, I'm back, too. (laughs) So, um, we got a lot to talk about. Um, This episode is something else. Um, And it's not just the racing. Um, We had just so much going on. We had the trucks, the Xfinity Series, Cup, you know, just all over the place, the trucks in mid-Ohio. The Xfinity Cup Series in the high banks of Hotlanta. And then we've got just all the news that's come out over the past couple weeks in IndyCar, in NASCAR, and it is absolutely insane, folks. Um, I am in the mobile studio, I am not in, I'm not at the house right now as I'm recording. I'm in the mobile studio getting a birthday present. Everybody, let's say happy birthday to um, the birthday girl. Even though she is not with me right now, um, she's at home. It's kind of a, a surprise, as Miss Emily will be turning 18 and for her birthday. She got a new phone that I had to drive quite a while for. That's why you're hearing this episode now. Ah, uh, so but we're not talking about Miss Emily. Even though I hope y'all are wishing her a happy birthday. Um, but, uh, we were talking about some racing, No just a whole bunch of left turns, some right turns in the cases of trucks, and a lot of, like, interesting, interesting, uh, things that have come out over contracts. Contracts not for 2022, for 2023 and beyond. There's a reason why I say and beyond, because some of these are insane and really uh, um, have have led to a lot of speculation on the interwebs, and we all know that the interwebs are good for certain things. Speculation and uh, (coughs) conspiracy theories and all sorts of other cyberbullying crap. Right up in there, Uh, but uh, but some of these are really interesting. Um, But let's talk about the racing first. Um, Obviously, we had Hotlanta, which is so hot I can't even remember what who won the Xfinity race, to be honest. I I really cannot, that one's slipping my mind. Um, No disrespect to the Xfinity series, it's just, I want to say it's Ty Gibbs. We'll go with Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs for 100 Alex. Actually, I believe it may have been Ty Gibbs to be honest with you. Um, I just am drawing a blank. Uh, but, uh, you know, that one wasn't as, that race wasn't as exciting as Road America. That's probably why I don't remember it and why, um, obviously the controversy of Road America. And I, I think I talked about, uh, Noah Gregson and the blowback that he got with, um, with his little escapades up there in Wisconsin. Um, but, uh, this... This is a little insane. It's just a little, um... It's something else. But, uh, like I said, this Xfinity race, not so much the same. Uh, but... Saturday night... Saturday night is what everybody... Saturday night's for the boys. Uh, well, according to my Barstool Sports, uh, Ken Um... And... Saturday night was definitely for the boys. In um the Nashville Fairgrounds. That is where the SRX competed. Their fourth race of the season, their final on pavement, at the at the famed Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway. Now, um, this is the race last year that Chase Elliott won. This was their 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 season-ending race uh, that uh, saw both father and son compete, both Bill and his son Chase. And uh, this year, they had a little bit of hometown flavor as uh, they had none other than two-time IndyCar champion Joseph Newgarden in the race. Um, Spoiler alert, you know, no feel-good story with this one. Uh, new garden finished mid to back of the pack, uh, but the the driver who won it, a uh, a full time S R X series competitor and one of the initial competitors in the S R X series, Bobby Labonte. Now Bobby is the 2000 uh, Cup Series champion, so uh, he won his. Uh, Cup Series title before uh, some of our listeners were born. You know, I know he won his first race before some of these some of our listeners were born. Um, And and Bobby definitely still can get it done. Um, He's been competing uh, part-time on the modified circuit in the south, uh, racing at places like Bowman Gray and whatnot. Uh, But this was this was definitely something. Um, Bobby becomes the fourth winner in four races on the SRX series. And, um, oh boy, uh, we got it—we got a points battle going on there involving last year's champion, Tony Stewart, um, the son of open-wheel royalty, a grandson of open-wheel royalty at that grandson and son, Marco Andretti, uh, who has been strong in all four races. Uh, And last week's winner, Ryan the Rocket Newman in his first uh, season in the SRX series. Uh, So this is going to be fun, the next two races. First, they're gonna race at uh, Federated Auto Parts Speedway in Missouri, the Ken Schrader-owned track uh, where Ken will not be racing, um, only because where he is uh, a, a test driver for the SRX series. And um, not only that, but um, He's kinda of like the Grand Marshal for it. And and it's good. Uh, anytime you see Ken Schrader, you know that there's a lot of thought in this. Um, after that, they move on to Sharon Speedway, which is owned by the Blaney family. Uh, former NASCAR driver Dave Blaney and his brother Dale. Uh, both of them who are legends in the world of Outlaw Circuit. Um, and we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about the world of outlaws and uh, and whatnot not to come here in a, a few minutes. But uh, they will be competing at shared Speedway the, in two weeks. Uh, and we will crown a new SRX Series champion. You know, will it be Tony Stewart, one of the founders of the series? Will it be Ryan? Will it be Marco Andretti? Or, or could we have a Hail Mary for a driver like, uh, Paul Tracy or Greg Biffle, you know, two drivers who actually have been very good this year. Not quite championship contenders, but, you know, with some really strong showings can eke up into that top five, top ten. Will we see that? So stay tuned. Um, But uh, that's the SRX series. Let's get to the truck series at Mid Ohio, which, at a road course, anything could happen, and certainly anything did happen. As Parker Kligerman, who runs part time for the um, for the Food Country team owned by uh, Charlie Henderson and Henderson's family, this is a team that dates back to the '80s in the Bush Grand National Series with sponsorship from the. The grocery chain Food Country down there in Virginia and Tennessee, and and all that. They uh, they've been competing for many many years. Park Kligerman's been driving for him for a number of years alongside his NBC duties. Uh, PK would uh, pick up his third career Truck Series win, um, beating out the field. And this is a this is a big. In my eyes, this is a big story. To me, this is a little bit bigger than, um... Excuse me. I had to take a drink of beautiful, refreshing cherry Dr. Pepper. When I find it, I make sure I grab a case. uh, I'm popping into the first can right now. But anyway, um... With the 75 truck winning, this this is big because this is a a part-time team... In a David versus Goliath situation, as you have KBM, uh, the Kyle Busch-owned teams, you have Gallagher Motorsports, ThorSport—you know, the heavy hitters in the series. Um, you know, going out there and competing and being very strong. Then you have this this team that only competes part time, uh, with a driver that only competes part time, along with his his um, his TV duties and they go out and they they win this race and this wasn't like a fluke win um they they won with strategy and with a a strong truck and I was very impressed uh I'm very excited for for this team I'm very excited for Parker Kligerman definitely um Parker Kligerman who um you know he had toiled around in in NASCAR for a number of years um Originally was a prospect for Penske Motorsports uh, for for a few years. Drove for Brad Keselowski's truck team. uh, Then bounced around to other truck teams like Red Horse Racing. (coughs) Making making his way up the ladder. Eventually did run some cup races for teams like um, Swan Racing, which... The less said, the better. Uh, Schwann, which was basically the pre- <laughs> I don't want to say predecessor of the the BK Racing debacle, but um, they were they were one of those teams that kind of got caught up in um, BK Ra- eventually what became BK Racing. Um, and uh, <coughs> excuse me. So um, Parker Kligerman, you know, he found his career kind of. In, in the doldrums, you know, would be doing some stuff with NBC Sports, um, on their net, on their racing telecasts, and in their studio work, uh, but would run part-time. And this is his second win with the team, uh, first winning at Talladega a few years ago, and now with Mid-Ohio, so this adds, like, a certain... There's certainly an air of significance with this win, so I'm very excited for... Uh, Kligerman and um, the 75 Food Country team. Uh, awesome job, guys. I, I doubt you guys listen to it, but awesome job nonetheless. Uh, so we move on to the Cup Series race. We're talking about David versus Goliath's The last lap, so the ultimate David versus Goliath. Unfortunately, this time, Goliath, in the form of Chase Elliott, picks up his third win of the season becoming the winningest driver on the Cup Series circuit at the moment, but he had to work for this one as late in the race, Corey LeJoy of Spire Motorsports. Um, the same Corey LeJoy who, um, he's been a driver who's known as, you know, known for his Stacking Pennies podcast and, and working with a lot of underfunded teams uh, his whole career, uh, both with his family-owned team uh, through the Xfinity Series and back in the, um, what is now the Arca East Series, uh, he competed for there, um, moved up, uh, ran for teams like um, Go Fast, not Go Fast Racing, sorry, um, Go Green Racing, or Go Fast Racing, sorry, sorry. Go Green was the Archie St. Hilaire uh, team before merging with Frankie Stoddard's team to become Go Fast Racing. Um, so he ran that 32 car for a number of years, ran a couple of other cars, and um, settled in with Spire Motorsports when they were uh, becoming a two car team with Justin Haley. Now, um, Haley, who is famous for picking up his lone Cup Series win with, um, Spire back at Daytona a few years back in a rain-short race, um, Lejoy, who has been known to improve um, the team, uh, in their performance, uh, with every team he's gone to, uh, had, uh, Spire Motorsports on the last lap and a late race caution, um, looking to get their second-ever win. LaJoy's first, and LaJoy um, would get loose and uh, end up in the wall, giving Chase Elliott the third win. Um, LaJoy attributed his wreck on the last lap to... Uh, inexperience in the draft, uh, leading the draft in a situation like that. Um, but a lot of his colleagues and competitors um, all have noted that this that this young man, who is still rather young, he's younger than me, <laughs> um, definitely has a bright future in the sport. Now, Corey is—I want to say—early thirties. Uh, so he's no spring chicken, but he definitely has shown that he can be in a competitive ride um, and, can, and can race with the best. You know, when you're racing with a Chase Elliott in a Hendrick Motorsports uh, car on a super speedway and doing very well, holding your own until that bug of inexperience bites you, uh, it, it's pretty impressive. Uh, so I, I do have to give a tip of the cap to Corey and spire motorsport and i mean other drivers like other drivers you know congratulated him on his you know and what could have been a a career um a career finish um a um a life-changing moment uh rick hendrick rick hendrick now there's a story i gotta get into this um Years ago, when they were looking for a driver to replace Jimmy Johnson in the 48 car, uh, Corey LeJoy had actually hand-wrote a letter um, asking to consider him for the 48 car. Now this is in a time of drivers who are on social media and do things through agents. Um, it was a lost art to to handwrite, to actually physically handwrite an owner, and um, try to get a you know try to try to be considered for a ride at um, especially at a place like Hendrick Motorsports. Now <laughs> we all know Hendrick Motorsports certainly. Um, a very well-to-do team and everything else. So, when this story went viral, um, unfortunately, Corey never got the ride at um, Hendrick. But he, he he certainly stayed in the minds of uh, just his professionalism and just the time that he took um, to do something like this. It had stayed with Rick Hendrick, and Rick Hendrick was one of the first driver, one of the first owners to actually say something gracious <coughs> about Corey, and knowing that his time is coming um, after Sunday's race. So this was pretty big. Um, I, I certainly think that Corey LeJoy definitely uh, he gets onto the right team in the right spot. You know he can be a, a big name now. With that said, one of those spots may be coming in 2024. And the reason why I say that is because in 2024... Tyler Reddick, in 2024, has signed with 2311 Motorsports. Now, 2311, uh, I've talked about on this show, ad nauseum, is the Denny Hamlin, Michael Jordan owned team. Now, Tyler Reddick, for this season and next season, is contracted to Richard Childress Racing, driving for the same team that the late, great Dale Earnhardt won six championships with, uh, the same team that... Austin Dillon and (coughs) Kevin Harvick have won the Daytona 500 in Uh, one of the certain, uh, probably one of the most synonymous teams in the sport. Now, with that said, uh, Hemrick, who won his first race uh, earlier just a few weeks back at Road America now he was one of the hottest prospects um coming into the 2024 season obviously you know he's competed for Richard Childress Racing for three years on the cup side uh, replacing Daniel Hemrick who ironically won last year's Xfinity Series title um Sorry. Had something in my eye there. Anyway, um, talking about Reddick, Reddick is a two-time Xfinity Series champion, um, winning it back-to-back with two separate teams, first with Junior Motorsports, then the next season with Richard Childress Racing, which saw him be promoted to that, to that eight car, uh, as a teammate to Austin Dillon in three. Now, what everybody is speculating on is where will um, there be three cars <coughs> for 2311 did they tip their hand on whether there is a third car going into 2024 or will uh, one of their drivers be vacating the seat um, now they there are two drivers obviously Bubba Wallace who Uh, joined the team on their maiden voyage. And um, at the end of, towards the end of last year was made announced that Kirk Busch would drive the 45 car as a teammate to Wallace. Now there's certainly no denying the fact that even with this new team, Bubba Wallace in some people's eyes has underperformed. Um, He has a singular win And um, basically, the same equipment that Joe Gibbs Racing has, uh, that Kurt Busch and Martin Truex Jr. and even Denny Hamlin have, he's underperformed, has a lone win at Talladega. And um, many people think that, you know, some people speculate that he'll be out of the ride. Others are saying that because of Kurt Busch's age, Kurt Busch is currently 44, Um, he's only a few months older than me, not much older than me at all, actually, but um, Kurt, who has been competing in the Cup Series since 2000, um, when he replaced Chad Little in the 97 um, Roush Racing uh, John Deere Ford, that Kurt will be leaving the team at the end of the 2023 season. Now, that wouldn't seem plausible as uh, when Kurt signed with 2311, he signed in the intention that he wanted to run the next-gen car. Um, Kurt, who, like I said, has been around since 2000, which would have been the Gen 4 cars. Uh, or the Gen... The... Uh, Gen four, Gen five cars. He's been around a while. He he, he raced through the uh, the car tomorrow cars. He raced through the um, through the uh, the next integration and in, into this car tomorrow. Um, he's picked up a win earlier this season. Clinched himself into the playoffs at Kansas, I believe. Um, so, I mean, this is certainly not out of the realm of possibility that, you know, he'll race two years and, and move over to the broadcast booth, where he has been a, a bright spot. Um, and I know a lot of people dog on the television broadcasts, whether it's Fox or whether it's NBC. People have been dogging on them. Um, now, going into what's very interesting about this is he's been in the booth auditioning out. I won't say, I'll say auditioning here in a second. Why well, I think he's auditioning for a job for 2024 in a broadcast space. The reason is in 2024 is when the new television, is when the new television contracts will come out for NASCAR. Now NASCAR, which um, has been on Fox since 2001, um, who can forget that their inaugural um, full Cup race, you know, on Fox was that fateful uh, Daytona 500 in 2001—a a inauspicious start to their tenure as a broadcast partner of the sport. Um, they, uh, they've been a long-time partner, but at the same time, during that same time period, NBC and CBS have both, uh, NBC and ABC, sorry, have been, um, flip-flopping the other half of the schedule with Fox. And, and there's rumors that there is going to be a bidding war for, um, Fox. For the rights to broadcast NASCAR between those three, and possibly even NBC, uh, CBS. Now, CBS, which has under its umbrella the SRX series, they're the exclusive to the SRX series as uh, their part owners in the venture, along with Ray Evernham and Tony Stewart. That Kirk can. Um, he um, move to the booth with ease. Uh, he has been very knowledgeable in the booth. He's not overly excited like some, <coughs> like some play-by-play guys. Um, but he's very knowledgeable, um, and you know he keeps an even keel and doesn't cut in. Um, I actually enjoy his insightfulness in the broadcast. So um, that is one of the rumors. Now, um, there, when this announcement had come about, obviously, there's the rumors with Bubba Wallace. There's the rumors with um, Kurt Busch, you know, whether Bubba will be out. Uh, I don't think Bubba will be out. He's kind of, um, I, I, I'm trying to find the word so it doesn't come out wrong. Bubba, he falls into a weird situation where he's damned if he do, damned if he don't. Um, yes, you know, his stats haven't been super superior, um, compared to other drivers. But Bubba is a a sponsorship darling, I guess, because, um, not trying to use his race, but a lot of uh, sponsors outside the box have actually come on and partnered with 2311 and previously with, um, Richard Petty Motorsports, where uh, Bubba spent his early years in the Cup Series, with um, due to due to uh, that uh, that aspect of his life, you know. Obviously, you know, and but at the same time, he's gotten a lot of criticism, and been put under the microscope. Uh, so it, it's been it's been very hard. It hasn't been an easy road for Bubba Laws, um, and. I, and the fact that both Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan handpicked Bubba Wallace to be their um, their steed with their multi-million dollar team uh, right out of the gate uh, says they have faith in Bubba. That it's going to take some time, but he will be a competitor week in, week out. That's the message I get when... Because Michael Jordan... Michael Jordan is not a guy who will bet on um you know yeah you can say what you want about the Washington Wizards uh, during his time there or even um, his early years owning the Charlotte Bobcats/ Hornets um, you know he, he doesn't he, he won't uh, waste his money on something that he doesn't see being successful. Uh, that's not how he made his fortune on the business side. Um, and, and he didn't deal with losers on the basketball side. Um, towards Chicago Bulls. That's all I got to say. When you think of Chicago Bulls, you think of winning, you think of Michael Jordan. Uh, so I don't see him giving up on Bubba Wallace. The only way that's going to happen is if Bubba leaves for another team or the sponsorship money dries up with him. Now, Kurt, on the other hand, like I said, you know, he, he's up there. He wanted to race the next-gen car, and, you know, he's still winning. Because um, I think he's averaging about a win a year um, outside of the two-year period between his time at Phoenix Racing after getting released from, um, Penske Motorsports in 2011, that's the homestead race there, and, um, his stint with Furniture Row, uh, for that two year gap between 2012 and, 2012 and 2013 were his only winless seasons, um, obviously he got back on track, uh, joining Uh, Stuart Haas Racing, where he won the Daytona 500. That uh, eluded him for so many years. Um, So, with that said, you know, where does that leave Kurt's future? As I just gave you all those reasons. Um, Denny Hamlin cleared up some of that on the air. He said that Kurt will have a home at 2311 as long as he wants it. Uh, He can drive the car as long as he wants. And um, that he will, pretty much, that he is welcome to stay with the team even after his racing days are over. Now does that mean in like a general manager standpoint, a a performance standpoint, you never know. (coughs) But knowing that Denny Hamlin has that kind of faith in Kurt Busch, in his ability to be that mentor, to be that coach, uh, that says a lot, and and that certainly it says a lot to Kurt's character. Um, you know, Kurt is certainly uh, certainly had a little bit of a checkered past earlier in his career. It seems he has passed that now. Um, so, you know, he's got that. You know, my money. You know, just kind of taking it for what it is, is I, th- I see Kurt, you know, racing in 2023, then if the right job comes up in, um, in NASCAR, uh, in the booth, you know, whether it be NBC, CBS, ABC, whatever, um, that he would be first in line it would certainly make a case for it so that's where I see Kurt Busch and I see Tyler Reddick if that does happen sliding into the 45 car Um, a fairly seamless transition Uh, whether Monster stays with the 45 car as they've been associated with Kurt for a number of years is yet to be seen now here comes another contract I know I spent a lot of time on this. Think I'm thinking of spending more time on contracts uh, than I have actual um, on track racing. But let's talk about Alex Pillow. Alex Palou, who is the 2021, the defending IndyCar Series champion, um, they had an announcement about Alex um, just a few days ago. And... It is that Alex Pillow has had his option for 2023 picked up by Chip Ganassi Racing. Now, Pillow won the championship last year and is currently driving for Chip Ganassi Racing. Uh, Had a, a team option on him for next season. Now, with that option, news came out later on that day that he has been signed to McLaren for 2023, and this is where it gets really muddy. Um, Polo apparently will go with, wants to go with McLaren. Uh, The option has been picked up by Chip Ganassi. And what that says is that Chip and Ganassi Racing has signed Pelot to keep him in their car in 2023. Uh, to make sure that he doesn't jump to another team, uh, i.e., McLaren or Penske or even Andretti Autoscore. that's why this was done. Uh, whether Pillow wants to stay or not is irrelevant because they own that option. Now, Pillow obviously signed with McLaren, which is very interesting. The way it was worded in the press release, that he is signed with McLaren. 2023. Now, McLaren is a part (coughs) of the ownership team of, uh, the McLaren SMP team, uh, the SMP aero team, which is, uh, the, uh, Sam Schmidt, um, Davy Hamilton-owned team, uh, two former IRL drivers. Obviously, Schmidt is obviously in a wheelchair uh, after a hard wreck. And that's what many people knew him for before becoming a full-time owner on the circuit. Uh, Anyway, that they had partnered with McLaren uh, last year and have um, had a warden, Felix Rosenquist, driving for them. Um, There has been talk of a third car. Uh, now, with that, McLaren also is a big name in the world of Formula One. Uh, they're a longtime Formula One team. And um, where it's never said but implied, a lot of people are leading to believe that by the wording of the press release announcing Pelot has signed with McLaren, that this is a deal for F1. Now, how can he run F1? and IndyCar. The only way that would happen is if Chip Ganassi uh, is paid by A. Pillow or B. McLaren to buy himself out of that contract for 2023. Um, Now, there's a lot of talk on whether that will happen or whether this will go into a whole legal tussle. uh, As the announcement on Low signing with McLaren was only hours after the announcement that Chip Ganassi Racing has decided to, um, to take that option and, um, use it in 2023. This would be like, um, if Let's say Aaron Judge had a player, uh, had a team option for 2024 or 2023, excuse me, and the Red Sox who are close to signing him, uh, just, you know, the ink is on the paper with him signing with the Red Sox and the Yankees say, wait a minute, we are exercising our team option on Aaron Judge. You know, this could be a whole whole mess, a, a whole mess, and it's very interesting on how this is going to happen, you know, because on one hand you have NASCAR, you know, Tyler Reddick, who has signed with um, Childress Racing for the rest of this season, all of next, before moving over to 2311, and then you have Alex Pillow. While Reddick will have a lame duck season next year in the eight car, uh, presumably it'll be a lame duck season. Uh, knowing that he is leaving and already signed with another team, I, I, I see them really putting the resources towards um, Austin Dillon as if they already weren't. Um, when it comes to Hello, now two things could either happen. As I said, you know, Chip Ganassi being paid out to get out of this contract, or this goes to court. You know, which, which one of these contracts is the legally binding one? You know, could Pelot's contract with McLaren have been signed, um, you know, the same time that Ganassi had said, you know, Ganassi had gotten word that. Was signing with McLaren on this day and decided just prior to that that they were going to extend their contract. Or 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 did McLaren have it already signed and about to make the announcement and then Ganassi hit that. That's where I guess a lot of this is going to go. Uh, I'm gonna kinda follow this story a little more because I, I find this really interesting, you know. Will chip you know, be you know, allow McLaren and Palo to buy out the contract. Where does Palo go? Does he go to F1 or does he go to McLaren's uh, IndyCar efforts with uh, Sam Schmidt and Davy Hamilton? Or, you know, will he be forced to run a, um, a lean duck season like Redick? Uh, in the IndyCar series with Chip Ganassi racing. Um, It's all very interesting. Um, But, it's a a lot more complicated than what Kyle Larson and brother-in-law Brad Sweet are doing. Uh, Kyle Larson, who is the 2021 Cup Series champion, along with brother-in-law Brad Sweet, a multiple time um, World of Outlaws Champion have announced that they will be forming their own outlaw series. Um, I honestly, being in the mobile studio, I do not remember the name of it. Um, and uh, they uh, will be debuting this new series next year. Uh, this would be a third type series uh, for open wheel. Winged sprint cars, obviously the world of Outlaws being the most famous. Uh, Tony Stewart has his um, his All Star Circuit of Champions, um, which I believe is sponsored by Ollie's Bargain Lot or Arctic Cat, one of the two. Um, the uh, Tony Stewart has his own, and now uh, Kyle Larson, who comes from the world of the Outlaws, along with Brad Sweet, who for many years, and I believe is still currently signed with Casey Kane's, um Outlaw Team. These are these are heavy hitters in the sport, and this is what makes it very interesting. is, not only are they heavy hitters, this this has certainly got some credence. Um, obviously, they would have to get all that. Um, you know, where will they run? Will they run at places like Port Royal? Will they run at places like? Uh, Williams Grove in Pennsylvania, Uh, Sharon Speedway. One track I I don't anticipate Kyle Larson's uh, series to run it is Eldora, as that is the track that Tony Stewart owns, the famed Eldora Speedway. Um, But, you know, all these open wheel uh, winged uh, sprint car series going out there. You know, is it gonna really jumble up the market? I don't think so because there is a following for it. It's not as big as stock cars or even indie cars, but there is a following for it, and I think it's like late models. You have a bunch of different series. Eventually, they may all you know merge under one one you know banner. Um, I actually foresee Tony Stewart's and Kyle Larson's at some point kind of working together uh, to compete with the World of Outlaws. But this is, it's very interesting that you have a multi-time series champion. Now this isn't going to be like a full 100 race uh, schedule like the World of Outlaws runs with theirs, you know, which is ridiculous because they're racing everywhere, pretty much almost every day. But this is supposed to be, according to what I saw on the series, uh, Larson and Sweets series will actually be less races, but more prize money uh, for the drivers and the teams. Um, Less, you know, to the, you know, less money by the sanctioning body, which, you know, could be good. You could draw in those teams. But overall, how will the series of this function? so it, it's very, it's a very interesting dynamic. I'm all for it. Um, you know, obviously these are two gentlemen who certainly have a lot of cred in the um, in the uh, winged sprint car garage. You know, as I said, you know, one's a former champion, and the other is, you know, I. I had such an unbelievable record just a few years ago when he was suspended by NASCAR. Uh, so I'm really excited for this. I'm really excited what they can bring in, you know, uh, is there the possibility of Casey Kane's team making the jump to this series? Uh, will Brad Sweet have his own team? Um, in that, and, you know, it, it's going. Like I said, it's going to be very fun. There's still a lot of the stuff that's going to be, um, you know, coming through in the, the days, weeks and months, you know, will they find a home on a major network? Uh, um I e even a Mav T V, um the the Lucas family owned um uh sports and entertainment channel which I was very disappointed. i never got Mav T V in any of my sports packages. And I wasn't paying for it to be, you know, its own separate streaming thing, so um you know what what will what will happen with that and um so we'll have to I'll have to keep an eye on that as well obviously you know like I said we got all that we got um New Hampshire coming up this weekend uh, NASCAR right in my neck of the woods um actually next weekend I believe uh, the end of July but um got right in my neck of the woods we got Pocono coming up along with uh, New Hampshire so I'm super excited I know a lot of people find those races boring and dull actually I believe New Hampshire is this weekend Um, but I I don't especially Pocono Uh, Pocono is growing up was my home track so I I, I thoroughly love it I, I love the challenge of Pocono um Three distinct turns, um, and bonus points if you can name where all three turns are named after. I can. Uh, turn one is the defunct Langhorne Speedway, which is probably one of the most notorious tracks ever in the history of auto racing. Um, Trenton Speedway being one of the other ones, or at least if I remember right. And, um... Turn, turn three, because there is no turn four at Pocono. Turn three, the third corner of the tricky triangle leading onto the front stretch, is based after none other than the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, um, leading this to be one of the most unique tracks in the country. Uh, three, three set, three separate um, turns, all with their own characteristics three separate straightaways uh, probably the longest straightaway in nascar um possibly in you know just the US on an oval um but uh, it certainly is a track which uh certainly definitely lives up to the name the tricky triangle uh so I'm I'm excited for those races coming up uh, then we're going to head into the crunch time of the, of the regular season for the Cup Series. So, I'm really looking forward to it. I really am. So, with that said, I'm Matt Hardman. Uh, hope you're supporting your local tracks. Um, if everything goes right, I will be this weekend at West Cassett uh, Speedway. So, if everything works out, I will be there. And if you are there... Give me a thumbs up and a shout-out. And uh, speaking of Wiscasset, give Brandon Simmons, the videographer of West Castle Speedway, a thumbs up and a shout-out. Brandon is a good friend of mine. Is not only is a good friend of mine, but he's the videographer of the track. And uh, one of the characters of the county in this week's Lincoln County News. Um buddy right there on the front page and for something good it's good seeing somebody I know on the front page of the paper for something positive so uh, shout out to Brandon uh, and uh, West Castle Speedway but uh, with that said I am Matt Hartman I am in the mobile studio I am going to catch you all next week see you at the track bye